Hello, everybody, and welcome back to day three of Indie Game Business Sessions. This is a, a good morning call for, for us on the U.S. side of the pond and a good afternoon call to Arthur and all of you over in Europe. So first up this morning, one that has been a, a talk that has been very well received so far. Uh, Arthur's going to be talking about how to increase your Steam wish list through online events like the ones our earlier guests have talked about with the festivals and everything like that. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Archer and then drop your questions in chat or drop them in the AMA questions on the Discord server. And we'll get to them once everything is, once the presentation's over. Take it away. Uh, hello, I'm Arthur. Uh, I work on the game Jupiter and Moon's Mecha. It's a deck building game. And it's my first game uh, and first real experience with game dev. Uh, I worked previously as an uh, IT engineer in uh, business IT. And at some point I wanted to change something with my life. So I went into the game dev. When I started, I know, knew uh, I didn't knew much about uh, game development and marketing. So past two years, I just learned as much as I could. And uh, well, COVID happened and things went really crazy with everything. So COVID era opened a new way to market your games using uh, Steam events that are incredibly helpful into getting your game before uh, players and increase wish list and uh, have people notice your game, follow you, things like that. So, uh, what Steam events can do for a game? Uh, because how they are uh, featured on the Steam. Uh, they generate pretty insane uh, wish list uh, peaks that has uh, also long tail uh, after the event. So you're not only getting wish list during uh, events alone, but after event is uh, finished, you get uh, Steam algorithm picks up and shows your game into discovery queue uh, or through uh, getting higher in upcoming lists. Uh, it's perfect if you can uh, get your game in top wish list because uh, games with top wish list have, uh, from my experience, pretty high position in all upcoming uh, lists on the Steam. Uh, if you uh, browse, uh, <coughs> if you browse. Uh, Steam by tax or generous, you can, there is a, a little tab, upcoming tab uh, for upcoming games. And position in this tab is weighted between release date and your current uh, wish list uh, velocity. So after the events, you usually go up in this list and sometimes you can appear on the uh, top of this uh, list without need to scroll down. So you get really uh, lots of uh, impressions from that. And two or three of those events, if they are pretty good, can give you enough wish lists 
so you can compete uh, with other games uh, in popular upcoming upcoming games on Steam. So when you release the game, uh, one week before uh, release date on the Steam, you have chance to be uh, promoted through popular upcoming. But you need to have enough wish list so uh, other games. Uh, you can you are competing with other games releasing in the same week uh, in those spots. So and this is very limited spot, uh, and it's very beneficial to be on the popular upcoming. It can give you another far five or four thousand of wish lists. So uh, this is a graph showing uh, how my game perform over the uh, last uh, year and a half. Uh, I released a, a Steam page uh, in 2020 uh, at the beginning of the May, and it was four months uh, after I started developing the game. So my first Steam page was pretty ugly. It doesn't didn't had uh, it had pretty bad capsule. I would say it was uh, my description wasn't very thought uh, thought about. I didn't thought much about description. Uh, short uh, short description also wasn't very good. Uh, but I started marketing on the social media, and my wish list grow more or less uh, same way. But it was pretty uh, pretty slow growth. So and then uh, I. I had enough of the content to create uh, alpha demo, uh, I would call it, because my first demo wasn't very good. It was made as fast as possible so I could show actual gameplay to the people. And I wanted to try it on the next fest. And even if it wasn't very good demo, uh, people uh, or uh, really liked it, I think, and it was catched up by a few streamers uh, during Next Fest, and this actually started uh, to go very well uh, for me after the Next Fest. Uh, I uh, created, uh, I fixed most my uh, problems uh, on the Steam page during this. Uh, really slow period of time. So my page started to be uh, much better uh, over time. And uh, I think my last, uh, I usually around every two months, I do s right now some uh, cleaning up on the Steam page, uh, reading everything and rewriting things I uh, don't like or people find out, find out and told me that should be changed. And my latest uh, page, uh, latest changes on my Steam page were around uh, July. And it, uh, it was the same time as uh, three biggest event happened for me. It was uh, DreamHack, Tiny Teams and Gamescom. So it could be those events, but uh, also in part, uh, probably my Steam page was much better at this point and events had a bigger impact uh, than before. Uh, I would like to also show you, uh, there is a service that tracks 
your games on top wish list. Uh, and my game, uh, I struggled a lot with a daily wish list balance. Uh, it was around five on average uh, daily when I have some better uh, marketing post on Twitter or Reddit. Sometimes I uh, got 15, maybe 20 uh, wishes per day. Uh, it was very, very slow. Uh, but after I released demo, it was, when I look at it, it was very poor demo, I think. Uh, right now I have much better, uh, much better demo, but I wanted to release it as fast as possible. And actually it was very helpful into getting into top wish list. Uh, because it was uh, picked up by Splattercat and he created video and it was my first very big uh, pick of wish lists. It was enough to propelled me into top wish lists, but after it slowed, uh, but after some time I started to lose position in top wish list, probably because my velocity wasn't enough. At this point, my Steam page wasn't that good yet. Uh, it was around July when I uh, improved uh, uh, more things on the Steam page and a few other events happened that uh, and uh, yeah and those events uh, propelled me into like half of the top wish list so I'm currently around f 450 position in top wish list and I didn't notice any drops uh, after that. So, and right now my uh, average daily wish list is around uh, 15, sometimes 20. So it's much better than what it, what it was before uh, those five wish lists on average. So this graph shows uh, which event and which uh, brought me how much wish lists. Uh, I cut off uh, uh, parts where uh, it was slow growth because they didn't have any noticeable uh, peaks. So first peak is next fest. It wasn't very good, but uh, it was longer uh, than next fest itself because uh, my demo had the bugs and some streamers couldn't play it, uh, but I got the feedback. I watched every stream people tried my demo. I had sound bugs that uh, streamers couldn't uh, lower volume for my game. Uh, so I had to fix those. Took me a week to find why it's happening. So this smaller peak uh, in Nextfest, it's a streamer playing my demo after I fixed some bugs. So he was really interested into the game. So he waited uh, over a week for the fixed version, version for the fix with fixes. Uh, after that, I had uh, one successful Reddit post, which brought me uh, probably around 300 wish lists. And then Splattercat video happened. It was first big peak and had really long tail with people probably watching uh, this video coming to the Steam page. And my discovery queue was pretty insane in this period. Uh, shortly after, it was Indie Life Expo, next event. A uh, few uh, very weak days and three really big events in the summer, DreamHack, Tiny Teams and Gamescom. And the Gamescom was really, really huge for me.
but it actually depended on uh, luck or having, uh, I don't know, maybe good materials because I was picked up by EGN for uh, awesome indie segment. And I know that the games that weren't picked up for this uh, didn't do as good on Gamescom. And then there were a few smaller events like Game Slice, Indie Cup, Dev Play, and Steam Table, uh, Tabletop Fest. So this is a question I'm uh, getting uh, most often. How do you track those events? So big on Discord servers like how, how to market your game or indie game business or few others where you can talk to other developers, to other indies, to people that released games. Uh, it helps a lot to actually learn how this industry works. And uh, it was my first steps uh, as a game developer was to join some uh, Discord servers and join another Discord server where I found the link. So I right now I'm on like 30 different developer Discord servers and trying to catch up with all of them is insane. But a uh, few the most uh, and best servers is how to market the game and indie game business. Uh, and re I really like uh, game industry news uh, channel. It's awesome to get a short list of the <laughs> news there uh, before I can click on the most interesting ones and read them. Uh, Twitter is very good because people share, if you follow other devs, they share stuff and you can uh, always check your uh, feed and see what things are, what interesting things are happening. There are also sites that uh, track events. Uh, I can share this presentation so you can click on those links and uh, submit to the mail list on the Indie House or just uh, once a month, check those sites to see if something new popped up. One thing uh, that is important that you can't be on the, all of those events. They usually curated or you have to pay some money and if you can't afford them, that's okay. There are some free events. Uh, there are events with restrictions like country events or general events. Uh, those country events are probably hardest to find because if you are not in the you are not tracking news from your country uh, you may miss those events and I know people uh, sometimes miss those and didn't know that even they happened until it's too late uh, but yeah but most of those events are uh, for most of those events you need to, you need to have a nice game and people that do those events need to like it so they approve it. And I was rejected from probably half of events I submitted. So yeah, you sometimes win, you sometimes lose with those. So presentation, presentation was very short, uh, but I'm happy to answer any questions you have. And you can check my game and uh, thank you. So yeah, I mean, for those of you out there who didn't see the comment in chat, if as long as you have one of the free passes to the event and you go to indie game business, indie game dot business and get one of those, 
all the presentations from all the speakers, we'll send them directly to you early next week once we get them all compiled so that you don't have to worry about going and, and rewinding and frantically typing down gigantic long Google Calendar link assets. Um, all right, so you cover what was the is there a primary website? It's like I know the the game conference guide that is a fantastic site that has all sorts of you know upcoming events and, and conferences and things like that. Is there one in particular that tracks festivals? Uh, recently, Steam uh, DB uh, launched a page that tracks all Steam sales. Uh, and he's, uh, for me, it was huge. Uh, uh, actually, it's the only way to learn if some past events had a Steam sales page. You can't really le learn if uh, this page was featured, but you can actually see all the past events. So by checking those, uh, I found some uh, pretty hidden uh, country-specific e events like uh, Indy. Uh, there, there is one event from uh, India, uh, which I didn't know about, and uh, actually no one even from this region know about it. But it was uh, on the Steam. It had feature. Uh, so SteamDB is right now uh, best way to discover past events. But for current events, well, I check all those resources uh, probably once or twice a month. I'm doing, I'm checking if something pop up. So, are there? Do any of the other stores do any events that are notable, or is it pretty much just Steam? Uh, sometimes Gok uh, is doing events. Uh, Gok did. Uh, there was even games from Slovakia and Czech. Uh, it it got featured both on the GOG and on the Steam, uh, and people from the Czech and Slovakia got pretty good coverage on both stores. Well, it all depends because Steam is so big, and it mostly this matters. But it's nice if other stores sometimes do those events as well. It's it's always interesting because we're wanting to see you know who comes out and who has some real competition to Steam, but it seems to always you know fall back into, yep, it's just Steam. Yes, especially so, for indie games. Yeah, ex exactly. So one of the questions that, that we get a lot too is, how do you take advantage of, how do you understand, how do you work the Steam algorithm to make sure that, you know, you're getting, you're not getting lost because there are like thousands of these games in the festivals from time to time. Okay, there are a few types of events. Uh, there are uh, very curated events with small number of games, and those are the best ones because people don't have to scroll a lot, don't have to click on other tabs to discover your game. And for those games, most important asset you can have is your uh, Steam capsule because it's first thing people see and your capsule have to be absolutely amazing to get attention. And first four screenshots uh, are most important. They should show uh, all things are th that are the best about your game. Because if people uh, hover mouse on the event page over your capsule, they see those four screenshots. And yeah, those are most important ones.
All right. So for the folks who aren't familiar, can you show us or explain what that Steam Capsule is? Uh, you can see Steam Capsule on my page. Maybe it's not the great. I really don't like my logo, but I like my uh, Mac. It's uh, this capsule on the right, this image. All right. All right. So and this is the we used to call this cover art back in the day when you know we actually put games in boxes but yeah it's your 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 splash screen your cover art your what a capsule is just as good as anything else that's, the, that's yeah it, and this is most important for those events which are uh, curated uh, ones but there are also events that had huge number of games like uh, indie life expo have over 600 games on Steam page, uh, or events like Steam Table Top Fest or Next Fest, which has also a huge number of games. So for those events, probably tagging your game properly is the most important because usually those events have uh, this Steam uh, filtering based on tags, which helps them to uh, manage those games. So having enough tags or tags that are proper, properly uh, distributed. So like don't use all the same tags or the tags that means the same things uh, that describe your game. Sometimes it's useful to put uh, some other tags so you don't, your game is not filtered out using this uh, Steam filtering and it shows in uh, more categories than uh, if you narrow your tags a lot. And it's uh, sometimes it's good to even uh, do some strategic retagging of your game. If you know you have been the event uh, two weeks before the event, retag your game so it maybe has more categories and after event ends, put back your narrow tags. So is there somewhere you can go to like research which tags are doing the best or, you know, to basically decide which ones to use? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, because uh, I think it's hard. But one thing uh, for sure, uh, don't let your game to be filtered out for some stupid reasons. Uh, I hate it, but Steam, for example, has, if you go to browse Steam by categories, which corresponds to tags. Uh, there is quick filtering on the right side of those categories. And for example, there is single player there uh, as a tag. So if you miss single player tag on your game, people that click this filtering will not see your game at all. So some tags that are pretty useless are kind of important for uh, those filtering reasons. So you actually need to have those so you are not filtered out. All right, so we've got questions coming in here as well. First one from Christian over on the Discord. What is the percentage of online event wishlist conversion rating to sales? So after these events, you know, what kind of conversion rates are you seeing? Well, I don't see any conversion rates because I still didn't release my game. Uh, Common knowledge is that they are uh, they converting less 
but I didn't. I don't know any example of the game that did uh, this research. I will definitely do my research when I read the game. I will see how those wishes convert. You can. It's uh, doable, but it's uh, uh, lots of uh, work to export all the data from the Steam. Uh, I think. Uh, who was it uh, that this did this guide how to do it? It's like a Schrodinger's cat type thing, Arthur. You're getting a hundred percent conversion right now, for all you know. I mean, that's that's the case right there. <laughs> yeah, but most important thing I'm getting from those events uh, for me is probably that my average uh, daily wishlist gain is uh, like three times what I had before those events. So people see my game more. It's either uh, past events or they see game on YouTube or just uh, Steam is showing my game uh, in higher position on different uh, upcoming lists. Because uh, when I just published my page, I was like 10th of... Uh, you need to click 10th or 11th page of uh, upcoming games to see my game for tags like card game. Right now, I think uh, after events, uh, I, I was on the first page, uh, on most of those lists. And uh, when the traffic slows down, you're getting dropped uh, on the bottom positions. But on some tags, I'm still very high. So those probably means I'm getting visits from uh, those lists much more than before those events. Uh, I mean, three, 3x results is, is good. It doesn't matter you know what it is. All right, so here's your chance while you're live and we're talking to everybody here. Are you looking for a publisher or are you going to self-publish? Well, I was looking for publisher uh, a lot before those events because I didn't know if my game, people like my game or or how it will be performing and I didn't know about marketing a lot. But right now, I don't know. I learned a lot. I did more marketing than game development past uh, half year. <laughs> so maybe getting publisher just to handle marketing and I can focus on the game development would be beneficial for me. Uh, I was going to say my free advice, especially since this is your first game, is, is to get one. Now, the type of publisher that you want to get and depending on how involved they need to be, that's that's a whole different story. But for your first game, let them worry about a whole bunch of this other stuff and you concentrate on the things that, that are making the game great in the first place. <laughs> So do you have any insights into what genres are getting the most attention on Steam? Oh, yes. City builders are probably the best genre uh, out there right now, I think, on Steam. People love those. And we saw games like uh, Timberborn lately that did very, very well on Steam. Uh, and the, I saw those, this game also on uh, some of those events like Gamescom, and they, yeah, they, they rocked those events. They had pretty good trailer, but uh, yeah, it's hot genre right now, City Builders. The, the, the catch is, the more popular it is, the more hard it is to stand out. In. But it's very hard to make City Builder, I think. It's uh, yeah, lots of work to make it uh, good City Builder. From design perspective, from implementation, it's much harder than any other journal, I think. So again, from Christian, what is the rate of people removing the games from the wish list in the two weeks after the event from the amount received during the event? 
I think delete ratio is, uh, I have a much higher delete ratio right now, uh, but it don't matter much because my game is still getting positions in top wish lists. Uh, so I think people that delete the game are actually not interested and will never buy it, so they can just delete it. Uh, but uh, from what I see, my delete ratio just uh, is rising because I have uh, more wish lists. So more wish lists you have, more people will delete it because more people, yeah, you, you advertise your game to people that may not be interested in your game. So they clicked because they like it and they delete it. But I'm not worrying about those uh, deletes. Uh, they probably wouldn't buy it anyway. I don't understand why people are removing a game from a wish list two weeks after they add it. Well, uh, I actually don't know uh, when they add it. Uh, I don't think there is data on Steam when you can track deletes uh, who deleted uh, those wish lists. I'm probably losing maybe old wish lists, I think, people that uh, waited for the game, but it didn't release because it's over a year and a half right now. I, if, if you remove it, then you don't get these wonderful emails from Steam that says 48 <laughs> games on your wish list are on sale right now. I'm yes, like, exactly. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, John from YouTube asks, how many wish lists do you get per day when there's no recent festival and where does that traffic come from? Uh, it's around 15 to 20 per day right now. Uh, I'm only doing uh, promotions, uh, sorry, I'm doing uh, some social media work, sometimes posts on Reddit, uh, sometimes on Twitter. Uh, I don't think it works very well, but I'm trying to keep my uh, social media active and alive. So if people actually check those, they see that game is alive. Uh, so this is important. Uh, when I don't post something on my Discord for two weeks or three weeks, people start to ask if the game is still alive. So people really care about uh, indie games that are made by unknown developers uh if they don't abandon the project at some point so how much time a day or a week do you spend to work on social media and interact with the discord i try as uh, it's probably an hour or two uh at this point per day but i try to uh, save time as much as possible so i usually record some videos directly from unity if i have something new in development i want to show it so i try to save as much time as possible because uh, most time is lost on the preparing materials for social media so are have you noticed that any particular social media platforms are better than others. We had somebody yesterday asking about TikTok for indie devs. I mean, it, which ones are you focusing on and do you see, you know, better results from any of them over the others? I try to do TikTok uh, because of those, all those people were hyped. And actually, I kind of got good results, I think, compared to other uh, some other uh, indies that try it, but uh, 
TikTok has a problem that is locked, uh, country locked. So when I post something uh, in English on my, on my TikTok account, it's only showing to people in Poland. It doesn't show to anyone from uh, outside of Poland. Uh, and I learned that you need to have a SIM card from US activated SIM card and create new account using this SIM card to actually, when you're posting stuff, it's actually shown to people in US or UK or other English speaking countries. So for me, TikTok is pretty much dead because I can't break my bubble easily. Maybe it was uh, easier previously, but right now it's really hard to post TikToks outside of US. Huh. I, I, and see, I do these conferences and even I learn shit. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, if right now, Reddit is the best, but it's uh, hard to pull good posts. But when it's uh, happening, you can see like 100, 200 wishes from uh, single Reddit posts. Uh, there are specific credits for specific genres. Uh, you can target their uh, indie Sundays or on the pretty big air game air games subreddit. Uh, I got like 200 wishes from once it's indie Sunday post. So for me, Reddit. But for those Reddit posts, posts, it's good to be prepared. So to prepare pretty good and eye-catching materials. Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. I was getting ready. To say, I have a I have a wonderful love hate relationship with Reddit, and it's it's probably the site I am on more than anything else. But I cannot crack the the nut of this is how you get a post that actually gets traction i did an ama on business one time and that got that trended and that shocked me and nothing else i've ever posted has any effect at all what what are the components of a a good reddit post for indie devs uh i don't know i'm the same as you i'm just trying things if uh, my post didn't don't work or it's uh, not performing at all i just delete it and try different hour different subreddits i try i try not to spam because i see some indies posting uh, same content on six or seven different subreddits and i'm subscribed to all of them and most people are so this looks bad for me personally so it's just better to focus on the good material, trying to uh, write good uh, topic for the Reddit post. It's really important. And uh, yeah, catching material that people can enjoy. 
and just try. If you try and it doesn't work, delete it. If it works, uh, try maybe the same content on the different subreddit after two weeks. All right, while I ask the next question, could you flip the slide deck back to the graph of the different events and the stuff that you did? Uh, yes, I think. All right, so the next question is from David. And that this is why I wanted you to flip back to that one. What do you think are the most important elements for wishlist game festivals and being or festivals or being featured by streamers like Splattercat? Uh, festivals are much easier than getting attention from streamers because uh, on some of those you it's very easy to subscribe. And if streamers see your game on the on those events, it's more likely he can uh, cover it on the for free on Twitch or YouTube. So, because all my streamers are from uh, from those festivals, they found a game on the festivals. So, yeah, festivals are important, and having demo is important. So, are all of these festivals that are listed here were they all on Steam? Except, well, yeah, I guess even the games come. Yeah, up. they all were on Steam. Uh, I did a bunch of festivals that weren't on Steam, and they just don't work for wish lists. I don't know if there are any games from those, but if festival don't have featured, so, uh, festival needs to have uh, featured uh, Steam sales page because if it's not featured, you don't see any wish list gain at all. I did one physical event. It was uh, 23rd. Or actually, I did two physical events. 23rd of October. And it is somewhere between Game Slice and IndieCup. And it was uh, one of the biggest e physical events in Poland. Uh, was it the one in Poznan? Yes, this one in Poznan. I, I was there two years ago. Love that. Yes. Yeah. So it actually didn't matter at all for wishlist gains. So, but I really enjoyed it because uh, I could see people playing my game. And there is a funny story. Uh, there was a kid, 11 years old. He was, because two, two weeks before I was in Warsaw, Pixel Heaven. And there was a one kid, 11 years old, he came, played my game, uh, didn't understand English very very well, but he spent like two hours, finally beat the demo, and he came to PGA and uh, tried my demo again for two hours and beat it, and said it's the best game of the show for him. <laughs> so do you think it had less of an effect because i mean how many people how big was the show i mean obviously i went at, i went to the last show before covid like months before covid was it because it was not as populated or is it because it was it's difficult to get people to make that step from playing something in real life to wishlisting something on a steam page I think it's very hard to get people to wish this game on the spot or do any action at all. Uh, I had really a uh, lot of people enjoyed the gameplay and uh, I talked with a lot of people. I gave out gave out about half 500 flyers with a uh, link to subscribe to my newsletter and I got two subscriptions. 
So, like, I don't know. <laughs> Did you do anything like having a, a QR code there at the booth where people could? Yeah, it? yeah, it was QR code. It was as ma as easy as possible to to yeah to enter the page, enter email address, and subscribe. And two people subscribed. Yeah, I haven't had enough coffee to do the the ratio of two people out of five hundred, but I do know it's not a lot. Um, yeah. So when you get ready to apply to these events, is there a set number of things that you need to have prepared in advance? What all do you have to submit to get included in the in the festivals? Yeah, one way one uh, for Steam, it's uh, nothing to be prepared. But usually those festivals require you to have. Uh, uh, trailer or uh, cover art in weird ratios and we weird uh, resolutions so be prepared to cut your main cover art into really wacky ratios sometimes and i don't know why they just don't accept hd or something similar to steam accepts because for every each one of them you have to prepare different uh, art yeah, but having uh, lots of uh, raw materials for creating short 50 seconds to 20 seconds gameplay clips and uh, be ready to cut your art uh, to different formats quickly, it's the uh, best way. So, I mean, have you learned anything about, and I know the algorithm is like constantly changing, but have you learned anything recently about how to make it, you know, how to work the algorithm at all? Well, for those events, uh, there, uh, for those that allow it, uh, because some of those events allow uh, streaming, so it's very beneficial to actually stream your game, do some live streaming events, and then just loop those uh, streams uh, constantly 24 hours per seven for whole duration of those shows. So your stream is showing in this uh, stream widget on the event page for those events that allow this uh, because it's more impressions and people steam actually has a feature when you can wish this the game directly from the stream so if you are streaming uh, it's easier for people to wish list your game because they don't have to uh, scroll down to find your capsule or uh, visit your uh, steam page just they can see your gameplay and directly from the gameplay they can wish list your game so, so it's one you, hack. Were you streaming live for all of these festivals or were some of them were did you stream some of them and not others? Well, I always try to live stream uh, at least twice, depends on the length of those events. So one day, one hour, second day, one hour. And uh, for the rest of the time, I'm just looping uh, gameplay video I recorded before 24 hour on seven. Yeah, it's very easy. You just set up OBS or uh, pay for the services that can uh, loop your video and stream it to different uh, sites. So, I mean, just looking at the chart here, I mean, we can safely assume that, that Gamescom is so big because that is such a big event. I mean, that is ab it's absolutely my favorite event of the Yeah, but Gamescom year. is very, very problematic if you don't get a featuring spot. Like if you are not in the opening night or you are not in the awesome indies, 
you probably won't see that big spike of uh, wish lists. So were you in both of them or were you in one of them? No, I was only in uh, uh, Awesome Indies. So EGN uh, ran my trailer in the prime time. And uh, during this trailer, I got huge number of visits because I was watching Google Analytics real time and I saw what happening. So it was like five people on the Steam page. And for when the trailer ran, I got like 200 people on the Steam page. So why do you why do you think that some of these events like the, the tiny team are outpacing you know real events like DreamHack or or the Indie Live Expo type thing? Uh, tiny Teams has pretty good. Uh, because they also did uh, things apart from the Steam page. They stream all the games that were participating in Tiny Teams on their channel. Uh, and they had pretty good, uh, uh, I think, Twitch channel with lots of subscribers. So lots of people actually came outside of Steam for those events. So if event can uh, mix uh, streamers and uh, Steam page featuring, uh, it's, I think it's the best mix of those. Like Gamescom has this EGN with huge coverage and opening night with huge coverage. So they give you a lot of more exposure that way. Because there was actually one event that there is not here because it didn't perform at all. Uh, Escapist game show. There was Escapist in the game show. I was part of the uh, this uh, event and they stream this event during uh, on their social media, I think on YouTube, uh, they did some promotion on their social media and on the Escapists magazine uh, page, but they didn't have a Steam event and actually no one visited. Uh, like nothing happened during this event. Like I don't know what happened uh, and why it was so bad for uh, and it wasn't only me, like no one noticed any difference from this event. I'm catching, I'm catching up on, on questions on this side. So when you're doing the events, I mean, so obviously it's important to be doing things outside of the events too. That's why Tiny Teams, you know, has such a high. Yeah. Are there, other than just posting to social media, you know, spending an hour or so streaming on, on Steam, what other things have you done outside the actual event platform that you saw were very helpful? Uh, I think not much. Uh, I'm mostly focusing on social media and uh, and those events right now. And uh, actually uh, improving my demo based, based on feedback and what I saw people uh, playing and what problems they had. Uh, I'd fixed a lot of usability issues in the demo, so uh, people complain less about those. So actually constantly improving my demo is one thing probably I'm doing uh, the most outside of marketing. So how much time, I mean, did you actually create a split version? Because I know some teams do this. There's a dip, there's a, the demo is basically one build and then the, the game itself is, is another. How do you balance that time between, you know, tweaking and working on the demo versus actually spending time working on the game? Well, actually, for me, it's, uh, right now, it's the same build uh, because there is nothing uh, 
not much uh, more things in the game itself that uh, are different than the demo. It's like, uh, yeah, it's uh, for me, it's, uh, still it's single build. Probably in around three, four months, I will have to split those versions somehow, but I will try to keep it uh, under single code base. So it just different compilation options to enable to create a demo version instead of full game. So John on YouTube wants to know, how do you actually collect the feedback from your demo? You watch streamers play and you, uh, uh, you most feedback I got after I released demo was from Discord server. Uh, I put uh, all the links uh, for people to Discord server to my social media in the demo. So I only get subscriptions to Discord from the demo itself. And everyone who came uh, to Discord had actually some feedback or wanted to suggest some features and things like that. So having playable uh, demo version that and easy uh, way to show that there is Discord from the demo itself. It's the yeah, best way to get feedback. So, I mean, do you keep the notes in, in Jira or a spreadsheet or how do you actually compile them so you can track them? Uh, I worked uh, like 10 years uh, developing plugins for Jira. So I'm in love with Jira because of my previous work. <laughs> So, so you just basically keep everything archived there and, and you're good to go. Yeah, I have a free Jira instance because I'm still selling those plugins uh, on the as my side job. And uh, if you sell plugins uh, for Jira, you have free Jira instance and things like that. All right, and, and it's, the company is just you, right? I mean, there's how many people are working on the project? Uh, right now it's three people, uh, or not full time, uh, because my wife is helping me sometimes with marketing, uh, especially when there is uh, nothing to, uh, because, uh, she was in the, uh, with our latest, uh, uh, kid we have in, uh, in Poland, we have a long maternity leave. So she, uh, left, uh, when she was on maternity leave and didn't have much to do, he helped me, uh, started helping me with marketing. So for the folks that are looking to, you know, quit their day job and start you know, doing indie devs and the teams that are already doing this, how did you prepare for that? How much, I mean, because obviously you don't have a full-time job anymore, correct? Uh, I don't uh, encourage people to drop their day, day, day job. I'm lucky enough because I'm uh, like 40 years old right now. <laughs> and I worked uh, since 22 in IT, business IT. So I have pretty big savings uh, right now and I can afford to develop my game at least for two years. And that's always one of the key things. It's like yeah. trying to figure out, we were talking about funding on, on Wednesday or Thursday and how much of a runway that you need and, and all of that sort of stuff. So this wasn't a situation where you just like up and said, all right, I'm done. I quit. I'm going to be a developer. You actually no. did some planning into it, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, I encourage people to just work in uh, IT uh, where the... Uh, 
pay is very high and get capital, get experience, learn how to program and then switch to game dev because doing game dev solo, if you are young, don't have money, it's pretty horrible, I think. How much, do you have an idea right now on, on how much you need to sell to break even? You know, what your expectations are? Uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, I think if I sell 10,000 copies, I will be very happy. For the first game, uh, I didn't plan to sell more, so 10,000 copies would be great. Are, are, so are you planning to, are you looking to port it to any other platforms to try to offset some of that? Or are you going to, is it just going to be Steam and that's it? Uh, I have, uh, I applied to Nintendo Switch and got game approved. So probably at some, t at some time I will do Switch port. And uh, I probably do it myself because I want to learn how to do it. Uh, but it will be after game is released and stabilized on Steam. That's it. That that's awesome. If you've got if you planned ahead and you've got a little bit of cushion and you can afford to do experimental, that's that's fantastic. All right, so we've got about five minutes left. If anybody has any other questions, pop them in chat right now. Um, and while I'm managing the bots that keep popping in, I guess I'm supposed to take that as a good thing that we have bots. <laughs> um, the problem is Dan's working on something else and I don't know how to get rid of the bots. Anyway, that's beside the point. So what do you think along the way, what do you think the, the biggest mistake that you've made so far on the marketing side or on to driving wish lists? What's the, the big thing that you wish you could have done differently that other developers can avoid? Uh, probably uh, prepare a much better version of my Steam page uh, before I release it because it was really, really horrible. Uh, I think uh, Chris Jokowski used my Steam page as example how to improve it over time. And he used my uh, old screenshots. <laughs> they are pretty horrible. Well, I mean, that's a good and a bad thing. I mean, you, you were doing well enough to get noticed by, by Chris, and you got a lot of, of free consultation and feedback on, on how you <laughs> yes. do right? Yeah, but uh, spending time to uh, create excellent capsule and uh, good material for Steam page was my biggest mistake not to do this right first time. And it took me a year uh, to correct all mistakes I made on the Steam page. Uh, th thank you, Dave, for, for reporting the bots. We've been doing it too. You, you didn't see it. We had one come through on, on Twitch just there as well. So OMS asked, what, the, what is the most successful online event for Wishlist? We can see right here, it's obviously Gamescom. Uh, but are there any other ones through the year that you keep an eye on or you're looking forward to coming up this year that you probably didn't submit to last year? Uh. I want to try packs, but it probably will be too expensive for me anyway. And I couldn't travel to it because I would like to be physically in one of US events, but because COVID and situation is pretty, you can't really plan for anything right now. Uh, but I would like to come to packs at some point with my game, just to hang out with people and, uh, not not for the wish list, but for uh, just yeah. Yeah, I want I want to go to PAX at some point 
sometime too. I just don't want to work while I'm there. I want to go and just, just play games and, and enjoy myself, <laughs> not do meetings all day, but it is tough. And, and, you know, we thought we were coming out of this and, you know, like they started the events back in, in Poznan and there were some in London and some in Seattle. And now it's just, it's like, oh shit, are we doing this again next year? Because they just yeah. sent out a warning to anyone in New York who was at anime con somebody left anime con with the omnicron you know version of the virus and so now they're saying everybody that was at that conference needs to get tested for that and so it's one of those situations where you really have to pay attention to these online events and these online festivals because like you said i mean hell you don't know if we're going to be doing this stuff for the first half of the year or not next year. Yeah, I hope they will uh, actually, uh, Steam events will be something that will always happen for those uh, bigger events because why not? They are actually great for developers. So people doing events should always book a Steam page featuring with Valve at uh, this point. Like it should be the top priority do physical event, but I also book Steam featuring from Valve uh, when you're doing your event. All right, I'm going to ask like probably the, the lowest wrong dumb question because I obviously don't submit games to Steam. How do you, is, is there just a link, a link on Steam when these things are coming up that you submit to? How do you actually, where do you actually go to submit? Uh, it's uh, always organizers because they usually uh, ask you for your Steam uh, ID for your game, or they know it, or they ask you to include your include your game into the sale. Okay, all right. So it's not on Steam it, itself. It's it's through whatever. Yeah, uh, only Steam uh, Valve uh, Valve events like Steam Table for te Tabletop Fest or Neckfest are uh, you have to subscribe using Steam itself, and the rest is done by uh, event organizers. All right, and so I'm, I'm getting updates from Dan, and we're having connection issues with our next guest, so I'm going to keep you on the spot here for a few more minutes, okay. Arthur. Good. So, yeah, if you've got any other questions coming up, pop them in chat. We'll get them answered. Um, did you do... So, so did Splattercat in particular, did Splattercat just organically discover the game or did you do outreach to them or how did that? How did he that has a Discord server where uh, people that uh, like watching him post him suggestions all the time. And uh, at some point I'm on his Discord server uh, as well. So I saw that someone uh, posted my game. Uh, I didn't do it. I don't know person who did this. Uh, but I actually chim in and write some messages. Oh, it's my game. Hooray. And Spattercat actually answered to me and said, uh, I like it. I will cover it. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you, let's ask this question first. Did you submit to Steam Next Effect twice? Is that possible? I mean, is there, are there any limitations on... It yeah. was possible, but right now it's not. And uh, it's possible if you wait a year. So I could submit for February, but I didn't. I will submit probably in June because I plan to release game shortly after. So I want to be in next fest uh, as close as possible to my release date. 
So have you done any outreach at all to, I mean, just outside of the discord, have you reached out to streamers at all yet? Uh, no, uh, those streamers uh, really like NextFest, especially for genres that are pretty niche, like deck builders. Uh, because my game was uh, like uh, organically picked up by two uh, streamers that like uh, those genres. It was uh, Clarity or Celerity. Oh, I forgot those names. Celerity, he plays a lot of deck builders and uh, Wonderbot. He also likes this type of games. And it was all organic uh, on the next fest. They just tried the demo and like it. So the. I had a brain thought right there and then it just escaped right as I started saying it out loud. Have you done anything? Did you do like pitch a game or anything on, on Twitter for this as well? Uh, yes, I, I'm in all pitch games since it's started. <laughs> I'm pretty active on the Twitter. Uh, I usually do all the tags, uh, all the hashtags. Oh, I stopped doing Saturday, uh, uh screenshot Saturdays because, uh, it took too much time from family and I just stopped using those. So the, we had a question come in from from david are there, are there any specific subreddits that you recommend besides indie sunday on on games uh there is one uh, big uh, it's pc games but you have to reach out to administrators of this uh, discord they will give you special uh, flair that you can post your announcements trailers uh, officially on this discord because they will delete all the uh all the other posts if you don't reach to them before and it's pretty big uh big uh, subreddit i didn't i just posted there once with my newest trailer and i'm keeping my uh good relations with them to post uh just few weeks before i will release the game so on twitter we've got do you do wishless wednesday I mean, I'm not huge on Twitter. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. But so the screenshot Saturday, do you do wishlist Wednesday? Uh, I do sometimes, but it doesn't really work for wishlist that much. But I'm treating Twitter more like B2B tool. So uh, that people know that I work on the game. Other devs know. Uh, sometimes streamers may see my tweet for things like that. It's yeah, I think Twitter is more B2B platform than B2 customer at this point, especially if you didn't release anything and you just followed by other developers. I mean, and it's not just other developers. I mean, I know from the, the scouting work that we do for, for publishers out there, these festivals are highly curated and scraped over by publishers that are looking for new games as, as well as screenshot saturday and, and wishlist wednesday so for the folks who haven't done something like screenshot saturday explain why it is a time-consuming process that takes time away from the family versus you just posting your tweet and then going on with the rest of your day yeah, I could do this, probably schedule my tweet on Friday, <laughs> just uh, just uh, do this this way. Yeah, I probably should this. 
<laughs> I mean, is it a situation where you just have to be on all day posting and replying to stuff? Or? Yeah, but usually, yeah, I just uh, you have a notification on the phone. Some someone uh, uh, wrote you comments, so you have to wrote back and things like things like that. And I actually screenshot Saturday don't work that much anyway, so I just stop doing it, and I prefer keep weekends. Uh, uh, don't work on the weekends at all, unless it's uh, my uh, my Sunday post on Reddit. Uh, because yeah, those take up whole day. Actually, if your post is successful one, people just comment and comment, and you have to answer those comments, and it takes most of the day. So I mean, I didn't even know games did. Is that in the R? That's just in the regular R game subreddit that they do the. Yeah, they started this uh, on in September. Uh, they allow uh, once a month you can post uh, on Sundays uh, to promote your game. It has to be text post, so you need to figure out uh, best way to promote yourself using title and few first sentences of the post. So. Right, so you can't have a image in it at all. No, you can't. You can so you need to be very careful how you write it. That's why Discord is also it's very important to write good uh, titles for your post. Not only to have uh, good uh, good art, good video, but also pretty catchy title. So how do you? I mean, we've been sitting here the whole time talking about making sure that that Steam capsule is is going to catch people's eye, and and but on Reddit, you on that Sunday you can't use art at all so how what do you put how do you what are your tips there for making making it stand out when you can't use your pictures anymore yeah it's hard so you just experiment so it's good very good to actually experiment outside of uh, indie sunday on other uh, less uh, smaller subreddits see what works or don't with text posts and titles and uh, try or in the Sunday. If that, it doesn't work, change something and try next month. I did two in the Sunday posts. First one wasn't very successful, but second one was pretty good. One of best posts uh, for uh, yeah for uh, from all of other posts on uh, this in the Sunday. Actually, best post on Indie Sunday was from one guy uh, who has uh, not safe for work game. And he actually put his text <laughs> under his uh, spoiler tag. And <laughs> people actually click on this because <laughs> it's not safe for work. <laughs> and it was just text post. <laughs> so, all right, so, so Christian, so, so my brain is so business oriented. I thought you were asking about a question in quarter three of the year. I didn't think it, it didn't occur to me that this is the third question. So w with a nice flow of wishlist and exposures, why would you work with a publisher and not go self-publish? As in, what do you think a publisher can offer more than you did not do already? Um, but I'm I'm going to grab that one, Christian, because I'm we're still discussing on, on whether or not that uh, Arthur's going to go publisher because there is so much more a publisher does other than simply you know doing the marketing for you. There are publishers out there who simply will come in and do the marketing for you. And yes, they take a smaller cut when they do it, but especially for a smaller team, and in Arthur's case where this is his first game in general, 
you know, I call it learning on somebody else's dime almost, even though they are taking part of your parts of your dime, you know, when it comes down to doing things like, like testing and making sure the localization is right and maintaining the relationships with these platforms like Steam or GOG or Epic or even Nintendo and, and those platforms as well. Publishing digitally today isn't a situation where you just post it and you're done. I mean, it's, it's a active thing. If you really need somebody that has those relationships that can help you, you know, build it up and, and move it forward. It's, it's like every other, you know, deal that you're out there, deal that's out there. It's, it's always a, a plus and minus. If that publisher is taking 30% of, you know, what you get after Steam takes their cut, you want to be confident that you're going to sell at least 30% more units than you would have without them. But there is an awful lot, you know, you can go back on the, on the mobile side, Ella gave a great talk yesterday on, you know, the things that they do outside of just wrapping a pretty package around a game and, and sending it out there. So it's, it's a lot of the, it's a lot of the unknown stuff. And if you go back on our YouTube page, Junie, who's over at Paradox now, a couple of events ago, gave a great talk on here's the stuff that good publishers do outside of just, you know, helping you market the game. So, you know, if you've done, if you've self-published multiple games and you know how to do the marketing and you have dedicated people who can help you do the marketing on it, or you have a marketing agency or something, then no, truthfully, you don't have to have a publisher. Um, but given that there's 700 of them out there and for folks who are watching who aren't familiar with indie game business, if you go to indiegame.business, there's a nice little button up in the top right where you can download our publisher list that lists all these publishers by platform. Um, but it's one of those that on that first game, when you're still learning, we highly recommend that you go with a good publisher because it's going to be an added benefit beyond just they can, they're going to send it to streamers and they're going to market it. There's a lot of intangibles in there and it's going to make it so you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff other than making sure your game is, is good and, and ready to go. I mean, so even Arthur said at this point, and he's still months from launching, he's spending an hour or two a day just on social media and, and, and getting the word out there. That's an hour or two, you know, you're talking five, 10 hours a week that you get back in your schedule because you've got somebody helping you do this stuff. So it's one of those that it's simply, there's just more to it than, than just the marketing side. Oh, I can uh, do some, uh, I can add a few things to that, that are related to actually to it, to the events, because if you signing with a big enough publisher, they will usually get one or two, uh, uh, publisher events uh, itself on the Steam and they are promoted on the front page for whole week or for whole weekend and it's something you can't really do if you serve publishing to get uh, this type of featuring uh, for your game. So there are publisher events on Steam and they can be really huge. Publishers sometimes uh, share those events so you have one publisher which uh, features free games from other publishers on their sales page. And I saw this a lot with Raw Fury, with uh, 
uh, lots of those uh, bigger publishers. But uh, yeah, they do this a lot, and it's uh, actually probably bringing them a lot of sales. And also, there is one thing: uh, if publisher is releasing the game, uh, not only people that are on the wish list will have email, but also people that follow a given publisher, we they also will get email from Steam that this game is releasing. So if you sign in with someone that has like 20,000 followers, each one of them will get email that your game is releasing, apart from those that wishlist your game. Yeah, and you're going to get a lower conversion rate on the people that follow just the publisher in general than you are that's going to get the people that are following your game in particular, but that's still a percentage yeah. more than you would have had. Arda, can you go to the, to the slide that had the links on it? Because there's one in there I wanted to point out. So... You know, like he's saying with Raw Fury, if you go to the IndieHouses.org, yeah. that's actually like an association of several of the bigger, you know, indie game publishers that are out there. It's Raw Fury and Annapurna. Um, yeah, exactly. And they share uh, Steam events uh, with each other. Yeah, it's Occupar, Fellow Traveler, Neon, Raw Fury those awesome guys Togue and and whitethorn games and they do and it's not just things that they market together it's you know situations where if you send your game in to raw fury for example and johan looks at it and he's like yeah it's not really for us but it may be good for this other publisher we all talk behind the scenes about you know what people are seeing and what they aren't and yes there is always some competition and i want to sign this game before you do but at the same time, it's, it's just like the indie development community in a lot of cases. And so people are sharing things over and uh, recommending stuff to other people. There's a there, there's a lot of, of good that comes from working with a good publisher. And unfortunately, it gets kind of shoved under the table a lot of times. Like that article last week that was like, why is the developer-publisher relationships so contentious these days and i'm like it's not it's it's you know yes there are always shitty publishers out there but there's always shitty developers out there too there's probably more support and parity between a lot of the developers and publishers the that that it just it's not nearly as bad as people make it think we had a client that we were working with earlier in the year and you know they were new to the industry too. They came from the tech industry and they were reading that book. I forgot who, who wrote it, but it was several years old. That is basically just talking about how horrible their publisher relationship was. And I'm like, they're not all like that. It's basically like you read a book on the Titanic before you decided to get on your first cruise ship. You know, that's the level of severity that that situation was. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, Chris just says, you know, I like Raw Fury, but the IP is is a deal breaker for me. A lot of these publishers don't take IP. I mean, that's become very much a almost a standard. Is if they're not fully furnished, furnished, yeah, funding the game, they don't generally take the IP anymore. You know, that's that's one of the the welcome additions that we've had. Uh all right, so. For, for you, Arter, do you have any specific target wish list, you know, that you want to hit before it actually goes live? Well, my first target was to get to 10,000 10, wish list, uh, but it's <laughs> long gone. Uh, I have uh, 22,000 right now. 
but it was 10,000 to be almost sure I can uh, hop into popular and upcoming list on the Steam if I choose my uh, release date wisely without any other big games releasing same uh, week. But right now, uh, I don't have any specific target. I just want to focus more on just finishing the game. Just more. That's how much we want. We want more. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I will be the first to tell you, 22,000 wish list for a first-time small studio, that is, that's fantastic. I mean, you've done a really, really good job there. Um, that, Kristen, that is, that is not the case. Kristen says... You know, if the publisher does not take the IP, they don't offer any minimum guarantee. Uh, no, not true. The, the publishers that are telling you that don't offer, generally don't offer any MG at all, regardless, much less, you know, if, if it's IP, because there are, you know, a lot of publishers out there who say, you know, listen, we do a lot of stuff on the background, but we don't offer an MG. The 99 out of 100 times, the IP is not really the factor if they're telling you they're not going to give you a minimum guarantee or an advance they wouldn't be giving it to you even if they did take the ip so don't don't let that one fool you and like we always said if you're looking for a publisher send it out to as many qualified publishers as humanly possible because the worst they're going to say is no so all right i am getting notified from studio b just like what I started referring to indie as now, uh, that everything is ready now for our, our next talk. And Arter, one, thanks for coming on and doing this. Thank you for sharing all this data. It is absolutely you know key and very, very helpful. And then more importantly, thanks for hanging around a little bit extra while we Thank get everything you. sorted up. Thank you as well. If you've got anything else, we are, Arter's in the Discord, so you can go to the post session chat and catch up with him there and now yep. i'm going to kick it over to indy and we're going to be talking about blockchain in games and we really just too early for this anyway and we're worrying about a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter so stick with us for about two minutes while we switch over and we'll be right back